shit out with great power comes great responsibility. Please. Oh, roll me another one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Family Business Podcast. My name is Alex Babbitt. I appreciate you guys listening. Once again, I'm here with some amazing, talented people, my favorite people in the world. First, we got Chris Hamilton. Y'all know him. Y'all love him. That's why he come back every time. And then the special guest of the motherfucking week, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for my homegirl, comedian extraordinaire. Give it up for Eva Evans. Ah, I'm in here. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. I like that. Yeah. That, was, that was a good ass. That was a good ass intro. Yo, I, I never want you to feel like you're not fucking valued. I value you comedically Thank you, and that energy. Yeah. Thank you, bro. And honestly, your titties are distracting. What am I supposed to do? I'm so sorry. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Should I put them away? No. I don't know where to put them. This for the people. This ain't for me. I'm just a humble shepherd. I don't know where to put them, though. In a sack or something. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. No, you good, man. You know, you know what's so crazy? My kid, when I was going through puberty, they were so awkward. Like one grew before the other one, and they were like triangular. Like it was crazy. Like puberty was really awkward for me. But when I finished puberty, a bitch was bad. Like it was amazing. Like I'm like, like. Yeah, diamond titties for three like three years and then just came out killing. My, my, yeah, my titties in high school were very awkward. And then when I got to college, that's when my body started coming in. Hey. Congratulations. Congratulations to Thank you. Thank you. It was worth the wait. So <laughs> uh, you know, you say that shit like it was an investment in property. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like it's coming in too. It's coming too. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. So E, you know, for people who, who will be listening who don't know you as much, Eva Evans is a comedian based out of Brooklyn, New York, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jamaican heritage. Mm-hmm. Jamaican. I lived there until I was five. Huh? One more time. I lived there until I was five. Okay, all right. What what are some other facts that you just like you want to flex with? I know the whole Rolodex, but you flex real quick. Let's see. <laughs> Fun fact: Um, I played the piano for eight years competitively, oh, but I don't even. Yeah, yeah. Tinder fact. <laughs> That's a lot. It's crazy though, because I don't even know how to play right now. If you were to put me in front of the piano, I don't even know a chord. Wow! Wow! Really? It's crazy. It's crazy. I played from age five, but. Six to like 13, 14, and I just can't remember shit. <laughs> so, but my heart wasn't in it. That's why. Okay. I was just doing it because my mother signed me up for classes. But it's not like I wanted to be doing that shit. Why? She wants you to be uh, musically inclined? Mm hmm. <laughs> Please answer any yes or no like that. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> I feel like we just had a Caribbean mom that just wanted you to make money and she saw like a commercial that said people who play instruments. Right. <laughs> Wait a minute, she she knew she knew I was gonna be in entertainment because of my personality, but she was just trying to figure out how to help me like like trying to figure it out, which can which avenue of entertainment. Can you go deeper into what you mean by your personality? Like what did she see that she saw the entertainment sparking you? Well, with me, like, I'm never scared to talk in front of a group. I speak my mind. I don't give a fuck who there. Yeah. 
and this is this is like from like very young, <laughs> very young. Like I remember, like I remember one time I had a sleepover. I was seven years old, and there was this girl there that I she was just getting on my nerves. I'm like, you need to call your mother to come get you, like right the fuck. Out. <laughs> yes, and my mother was like, I'm calling your mother. My daughter don't want you here. Like I was very vocal. I'm like, you need to call your mother. Yeah. Sorry to come get you because you're you're uninvited. You gotta go. Are you, you, gotta go are you still friends with her? Now I haven't seen her in years. <laughs> I see. I seen her. I seen her when I was in college. She had sent me a Facebook request, and she was just like, "Remember that time you had kicked me out your sleepover?" I was like, "Yup, like it was yesterday, bitch." <laughs> I remember you have of her. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it was yesterday, bitch. Still trying to come over. Like, can I come over now? <laughs> <laughs> But I've always yeah, been very just... vocal, never shy. Um, I always like pe making people laugh. So my mother knew I was an entertainer, but she didn't know what, like, she didn't know what, like, cause I don't know, and like, like stand-up comedian, like, we don't really know about that in Jamaica, um, especially yeah. in the 90s. Like, you know, when we think entertainer, we think singer, actress, we don't really think comedy as a way of like, I mean, obviously we know about Eddie Murphy and stuff, but that was just always like an American thing. That was yeah. never something that we thought that we could do. Mm. I get that. That makes wow. sense. Wow. So, so, so you you pursuing the art of stand up was like is untraditional completely. Yeah, like my family, they did not get it at first, and some of them still don't get the shit. They like, I don't, I don't. They, they still don't understand what the fuck going on. What did on. they do? Juggle? Like, what did they think your time is spent doing? Now, when they saw me on TV, a few of them got it. Uh, like, oh, okay. Yeah. Did did you get the traditional like uh like aunties cousins everybody coming to ask you for money because they think you rich? Oh now? yeah, oh yeah. My let me tell you something. My father, my biological father, I we don't have a relationship at all. I haven't seen him in about five six years. I don't talk to the nigga at all. And I, I I didn't even know his family like that. I really I think maybe went met them one or two times. When I tell you his family came out the motherfucking woodworks, Alex. Like, and then they try to be my friend, like, oh, yeah, we don't like your father either. We don't like him either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we're not going to sit here and bond over this like of this nigga. Like, that's not how this is going to work. Yo, you just had some random ass lady say, you know that nigga ain't shit, right? <laughs> right. That's, that's my brother and everything, but I don't fuck with him either. So how you doing, niece? Like, get out of here. Mm -hmm. But you know what's so crazy? Like where my mom is from in Kingston is like is is like really poor. And when I was on BET, the, her like her entire like um we we call it a scheme, but I guess you guys would call it a village. But her village, they all got together and bought a, t a TV, and they they watched and yeah, and they watched me like the whole village came and watched me hey, on, a, wait. on the TV. One, they had to come together to buy a TV. What? How much are TVs in Jamaica? Well, how poor was no, like where my mom is from is like super, it's like super, like her, the part of Kingston that she lives in, because Kingston has a rich side, it has a poor side. Yeah. But where she's from, like they're, they're not, they don't really got bread like that. So like a, a few people on that, in that lane, you know, they trip together. It wasn't like the whole community, but like in the lane that my mom is from. Yeah. Like so, um, they trip, they, they put their money, they bread together to get a TV, like a communal TV for the, for the lane. Damn. Who got the TV after they saw you? My cousin. <laughs> my cousin got that shit. Yo. Because the kid went my cousin's name, so that's her shit. Hey. <laughs> I know that's real because it happens so fast. It's like, no, that's my motherfucking. Like, the minute your set was over, that's yeah. my TV. Fuck all y'all. 
Yeah. <laughs> that came on, nigga. That's my TV. You just unplug the TV, roll it up, and take it with right. you. Yeah. <laughs> so you telling me everybody else? Yeah. Like, my fault, Chris. My fault. Go ahead, bro. No, what she did is my, my cousin has. No, my cousin has a bar, so the TV's in her bar. So, so the, the, the people yeah. that in the community, they come out. They can, Yeah, they can all watch it. They also watch it. But she has it at her bar. That's dope. How long have you been involved with entertainment? Uh, I would say since I started. Oh, well, before stand-up, I was working at Showtime. The network, Showtime, that was my first job out of college. I was an advertising coordinator there for three years. So That's I guess nice. that it started then. Yeah, but it was it was behind the scenes. It was more corporate. There was no type of creativity at all. Yeah. So that was yeah. And then but like me being involved, like as Eva Evans, we started um in 2014. No, 15. 15, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I you know, because uh I always hear different perspectives from female, not just comedians, but female entertainers overall. Y'all, y'all seem to go through this art differently. You know what I mean? Where it's like mm-hmm. y'all also have to worry about. Uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna say this because I don't know a better way to word it. Y'all have to worry about being attractive, too. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like that's uh, is is changing or like what is what is the conversation being had on that? You know, on like women always have to being always being sexualized, if you will. I feel like men are still doing it, but they just being more slick with it because they don't want to be a part of the Me Too shit. Just like racism. More. People still racist. They're just a little more clever with it because Black Lives Matter now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So people people don't just... Being a, a creep, being a racist, being all those things, those, those things don't evaporate into thin air because TV is on to it now. You know what I'm saying? Like Those things are deeply embedded in people. Yeah. So because people are shining the light on it now, doesn't make it go away. This makes people a little more slick with their shit. Uh, so like for me now, like I, you know, I've had people like taking off shows because I wasn't gonna fuck them. Like I was taking off a tour because I wasn't gonna let um somebody hit. I'm like, oh then I'm not gonna be on that tour then. Like then that's a, that's a true story. And that was the tour that I really wanted to be on because I would have been that would have brought some bread like for real, for real. That would have brought mad bread, but I'm not I'm not going down like that. And then um what else? Like I've had people gas situations like I went on one date with somebody and they gassed the shit and was telling people how we was we was fucking with each other for mad long and I'm his ex-girlfriend I, I, I. Wow. I'm like because the one date I went to I was hungry <laughs> <laughs> I went on that one date for free food and I how many ex-girlfriend now like you were really get you're really gassing it really carried do you do you feel the pressure of mentioning something about that particular individual that has that only wanted you not only for your humor but also for your body? Wait, what was the question? The question is, uh, do you feel any kind of like uh, pressure to uh, mention oh. who that person has been? So when I first came in the game, I was like scared, like to not. I was like, oh, I don't want to piss off the wrong guy because it's like, you know, I don't want certain situations like certain uh, opportunities to be taken away from me so I'm like like when a guy would say something inappropriate that made me uncomfortable I would laugh and smile but like because I didn't want to cuss him out and then he'd be like oh this bitch crazy don't book her but then when I started that's when I first came in the game I was really like um I was really uh I wasn't confident in my skill I wasn't confident in myself as a woman 
But when I came, like, when I realized, like, I'm like, yo, I'm fucking funny. Like, fuck, yeah. fuck all the bad bitch shit. My talent stands by itself. Like, yeah. I'm going to make it regardless. And that's when I started cussing niggas out. I'm like, I could cuss you out and still make it to the top. Yeah, that's good. That's real good. I love that, though. That's fucking... Because, you know, uh, knowing you, Eva, it was... I've never seen that part of you that was, like, docile. So it would fucking bother me mm -hmm. to know this half of you was being suppressed. Because this is the part that I love. I love the fact that you're honest and straightforward and will cuss a nigga out in a heartbeat. I live for that shit. You know what I mean? So, but but I'm, I'm, <laughs> I understand a lot of women, uh, especially women of, uh, you know, coming, coming from, uh, you know, black communities or whatever, may feel like they always have to be subjugated to holding their tongue. You know what I mean? So yeah. You, 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 whether you realize it or not, really represent a group of people that uh, that need that voice, that need you to not be quiet, right. even though it may be very one thing, one thing, especially being a black woman, is, oh, you don't want to, like, oh, you don't want to be the angry black lady, or you don't want to, like, and then people, like, you know how they label Monique, the comedian, as hard to work with? And like, you take those things in, into consideration, because so you just be like, you know what, let me... Let me, all right, let me not cuss him out for grabbing my butt. Let me not cuss him out for saying that. Let me not, and then after a while, it's just like, how much am I gonna take? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And then especially when you're, when you're, when I, the book is started coming in without me having to do anything, because I, I have not fucked, not one comedian. Drunk dealers, yes, comedians, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the comics that are listening to this shit gonna be mad. Them, they gonna start selling drugs. Like, well, fuck. <laughs> when you talk this motherfucking ACN, it's higher yeah, hell than this bitch. So I, I, I wonder, you, you, you tasting dudes, and, and you know, because on on this podcast we talk, we we've talked between social issues and like family dynamics. Uh -huh. What is what is your infatuation with drug dealers? What is it? Ah, uh, it's so it's so sad. And you know what it is? I'm trying to get I'm trying to get out of it, Ali. I really am. I'm trying to get out of it. But what it is? When I was living in Jamaica, I was so I had a father figure, right? Hold on, y'all. I'm just plugging in this AC real quick. Yeah, we, we, we need the screen for the story. We can't have you leave the screen for the story. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> this is funny as shit. <laughs> So I was raised by a drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> so I was raised by a drug dealer, my, my like my father figure, and he was doing like he was like we had a really nice house like where I grew up in Jamaica, and he was just a really loving man even to this day like he's my father figure like you know if I ever get married I would like for him to walk me down the aisle. So I don't know what it is. It's like the first man that ever loved me, and showed me like true love was a drug dealer. You know what I'm saying? So it's, I don't know. I, it is what, you know how they say um, a father is a, a girl's first love? Yeah. That That's my father. You know, it's not blood, but that's my father. Oh, shit. So ever since then, I've just been talking to mad drunk people and ass niggas. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Even like the Cinderella of drug dealers. <laughs> <laughs> I know you sell drugs, but you got a heart of gold, baby. A heart of gold. <laughs> Oh, thank God. All right, I got my AC working. That is hot as hell up in here. Oh, fuck. That's fucking... Ooh. That's so interesting, because pe people always put the value system on a, on a man's job. It's like, all right, you got you to gotta get the working class dude, the, 
the Home Depot worker or whatever the fuck, but you found mm-hmm. love within the drug dealer hustler. Right. But not no more. <laughs> no, I have to, I have to, you know what I like now? I like a refined, I like a refined thug. Like he like he he about that life when he needs to be, but that's not his life. Yeah. If I'm making any sense. Uh I like you uh you like a you like a dude that sold drugs five years ago. <laughs> no matter but now he got his shit, yeah, now he got his shit together. Like I like a man, you know what I'm saying? Cause I can't I can't be I'm about to be 30 next year. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I just turned 29. So I can't be going to like visit. I don't wanna I don't want a man where it's like I'm gonna have to be visit him and jail my baby and all that type of shit. Like, nah. Yeah. Uh, but I want a man who's not he not pussy either. Like if I call my man to pull up, this nigga's pulling up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I want I want something like that. Yo, uh you, you sound like a lot of other women. You want an unrealistic nigga. That nigga <laughs> that man does not exist, Eva. He doesn't. Yes, he does. I think I found him. Oh, uh, yeah, he probably steals something. <laughs> <laughs> got some evil in their heart. Because you got to yeah, think yeah. about it. What does he do with that drug dealer ambition that he still had from all them years? Well, look at Jay-Z. Jay-Z turned it into a billion-dollar legitimate company. He was a drug dealer. They, you know what I'm saying? Like, they could turn it, that drive, that get money attitude, you just got to figure out a legal way to get this money. <laughs> Even yeah, that's true. Open a casino, like that's that's gonna be for real. <laughs> yes, yeah. Like, like yeah. for example, my my father, right? He sold he sold his drugs or whatever. Allegedly, he opened up, allegedly, he opened up. So we lived in a tourist area in Jamaica. So he opened up a car rental place. He opened up um a a, a grocery store, a hair salon, and he built an apartment oh, wow. building. And then he stopped. So now that's like what four or five streams of legitimate income. Yeah. Well, the problem is people don't—they don't know how to leave that lifestyle alone, and they don't know how to upgrade. You get—you get the bread, and then you invest that money into something legitimate. You don't be sitting there selling drugs for thirty years, or until you get caught. <laughs> Are these the speeches that you give at schools? I feel like. For real. You're telling kids, hey, you gonna sell drugs, do your thing, player, but get out the game. For real. That's bullshit. You gotta get out the game. What you in there so long for? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) For real. Oh, fucking God. Eva Evans, you're one of the funniest motherfuckers. I enjoy you. Yeah, you're dope, Thank yo. you, Alex. I love y'all too. <laughs> oh man, Chris, is this something that you you know? And not we're having this conversation. Is this something that you kind of learning about Eva? Just really wanted to know. That I, there's too much of already of what she said that like it gives me who you are. It's, it's already understood. You're about your paper. You understand that there's like a time limit to be doing things. And even mm-hmm. though you mentioned your birthday, you go, okay, yeah, I know I got to be doing things, and I also don't want anyone to treat me wrong and treat you weird. And I think that's how right. it should be. Uh, from from that, I go, yeah, you're dope. And I saw you on stage. You're fucking hilarious. Um, Thank I, you. There's, there's been a few times that I've booked you for shows and you've done the shows. And my always thing was like, all right, don't deal with it. Let her do her thing. She's doing her thing. She talks, I'll talk. But other than that, and I think that is a good uh, a good personality to give off uh, because as a lady of comedy, you do have to deal with shit that guys don't normally have to deal with. 
And the sad mm -hmm. thing is that if you're doing like hood rooms, I know that it's going to be a little bit untraditional to the profession side of it too. So I yeah, the hood rooms, the hood rooms are interesting because um, I either get love like OD love or it's crazy like yeah. But mostly I get love in the hood. What, yeah, what's the hood. part? What's the, what, like, how would you describe that to a person who doesn't know? Because I understand it because I've dabbled in both as well. But right. How yeah. would you explain the lack of love or what is the, what's the difference between a hood room's energy? The hood, right. I feel like in mainstream, they give you a grace period. You get on stage, you know, you can do a little warm-up shit. Like, oh, you're single lady, you know, who's from out of town? Like, you know what I'm saying? That dumb shit. But I, in the hood, like, when I, when I get on stage, as soon as I get on stage, I can feel the energy. Mm, this bitch better be funny. This yep. bitch better be that bitch. Like, <laughs> as, like, as soon as I get the mic, there is no grace period. I gotta go, as soon as I get, as soon as I step on that shit, I gotta let, let them know what time it is. You feel me? Yeah. Or else, like, they don't respect you, like, then you got it, like, you got the bitches who's mad at you because you, your man, they man looking at you while, while you want to stay. Then you got to get the man's attention, like, yes, I have titties, but nigga, I have jokes. Listen up. Pay attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So now you got to break his, his, you got to get his attention, put his bitch at ease. Like, bitch, I don't want your man. I'm here to get this fucking $100 for this five minutes. Like, calm down. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got you to gotta, you gotta get his attention, put this bitch at ease, still fucking hit your puns. You know what I'm saying? Then you gotta do what the heck is like. You got you got some. Sometimes you drunk niggas in the back, like yeah, like trying to talk to you, like in the middle of the set. <laughs> I've, I've had dudes that ass trying to talk to me in the middle of the set, like yeah, what you doing after the show? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, bro, I'm in. I'm literally in the middle of a set. Do you mind waiting? I'm at work. It, no, yeah, right. I your jokes and shit, baby. But what's good? Right. Yeah. When they hit you with, but they dead ass like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do it like there's a veil. Like they can't be. It, it's always, it's always a dude way in the back who's urine. Yeah, yeah. All the way yeah. in the back. Oh, uh, shit. Has that ever worked? Have you ever seen, has, have you ever got your, but you looked at the dude and be like, you know what? I'll give you a shot. I'm not gonna hold you. One time in Chicago, I definitely talked to somebody who bagged me at a show. Like he was, <laughs> he didn't hear it, but he was laughing. Od, like I wasn't even like, I wasn't even saying nothing. Like I had just got like, <laughs> I had just got on the mic and he was crying. I'm like, sir, like you need to. I didn't even get into my head. Like, <laughs> well, he was all he was trying too hard, but he looked mad good. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. Do you feel like that's also uh, a part of your uh, your charisma that because you are internet famous that some people go out to see you so they're already ready before you can start talking they understand how funny you're gonna be. You know what it is when you would think that that would help you, but sometimes when people already know you prior to coming to the show, they don't mm -hmm. become to support a lot. Sometimes they want to be like they no honestly sometimes they want to come. So they can see you bomb, so they can tell people, yeah, that bitch ain't even funny. Oh, I know what you mean. They okay. come to hate, if I, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Oh yeah, she oh oh yeah, she she don't even look that good in person. Oh yeah, she ain't even that funny. But they come just to to hate. So they see I've had people tell me like, yo, you look just like your pictures. Yeah, because you was coming here 
thinking that you was all bitch on Photoshop in his real life, bitch. God damn, talk your shit. You got to see what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm I was like, Eva will smack any of us. Any of us. <laughs> <laughs> You feel me? Like people come like, are you, are you really funny? Are you really, you really look like, yes. Yes. <laughs> That's dope. That's dope. I like that. Wow. It's, it's your energy is so, it's pure. It's like, it doesn't seem, sound, it doesn't sound tainted at all. It sounds like, yeah, no, Not that's it. You're going to do any business. I understand. You get, you get what you get with me, baby. That's it. Yeah. Even yeah. sound like the girl, like I, I grew up in Brooklyn. So she just remind me of the <laughs> girl that I grew up with that would like fight you. But genuinely like you, like she would like the fuck out you. But she will throw hands. Period. <laughs> but nothing, and then tell you after I only fought you because you was rude to me and it hurt my feelings. Like it's a wild emotion. <laughs> and you hurt my feelings because I like you. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I fuck with that level of honesty. So, so it seems like the dude who, who bagged you in Chicago. Was it because he was enthusiastic towards your jokes or really just because he was handsome? It was both, honey. He looked mad good. <laughs> he looked mad good. Prior prior to the prior to the actual recording of this, me and Chris were talking about how we deal or how people deal with like ugly what you identify as ugly, like which mm -hmm. is ugly. How do you deal with a nice. ugly dude? Um, I don't like I don't we don't deal because I don't I don't put myself in that situation. <laughs> like we not in no type of like it's never a situation where we're in the same like we don't I don't be over there. Oh <laughs> <laughs> no. the fucking president. Why did you <laughs> Um uh, I don't I don't deal with that uh <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't be I don't be in them type of situations. I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> you, say, you can deal with drug dealers, criminals, people yeah. who possibly street, but none of them was ugly. You don't deal with no. ugly at all. No. <laughs> so is, is, is that the worst like a, a dude could come to you with? Like if, if he comes to you he's like but he's ugly, does that bother you the most? Oh yeah. man, I mean no, you know what? Right, let me tell you why I don't fuck with ugly boys. Ugly guys, right? <laughs> no, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Because I have a legitimate... It's not even me being superficial. I have a legitimate reason why I don't fuck with the ugly. Because when you give... I've, all right. And there's other pretty girls will definitely attest to this. When you give an ugly guy a chance, right? He starts off nice because he's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I got this baddie. But then he starts feeling himself. And he'd be like, well, if I got this bad bitch, I can get another bad bitch. And then when a girl sees, when another pretty girl sees this ugly guy with a pretty girl, she's like, well, what's this nigga got? What, what he got? Because for him to get her, and then you know how hoes do. When a hoe is curious, she's selling pussy. So now he, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So now he don't know how to act because he got another pretty bitch selling pussy because she want to know, well, why, why this bad bitch with his ugly ass? He must got bread. He must got something. I want it on it. So now he, she throwing one pussy at him. So now he over here confused. Like, well, now I got two bad bitches. Just a week ago, I ain't had none. <laughs> and now, and for all that, I could have just been doing with somebody who looks the fuck good. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I don't deal with the uglies because they always start feeling themselves. 
and then they can't say no to the hoes because they're not used to getting bitches. I'm telling you, when when you're a pretty girl and you're with a man, bitches want to fuck with him. They, that he, it don't even have to be they type. They just curious. Well, why is she? Why, why is she with him? She look good as hell. I want to see why why she with him. He must have got bread. He must got this. He must got that. That's how I don't deal with the ugly, because they don't know how to stay in their place. Nothing she said was wrong. <laughs> Nothing she said was wrong. You see that what I'm is saying? So true. Hell yeah, that's, that's true. Real life. <laughs> so you you don't really fuck with ugly dudes because you, you don't like the fact they start believing in themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they start getting confidence. <laughs> Who gave you the right to believe in your ugly ass? I'm the only one that love you. <laughs> For real. Cause my thing is, when they, when they start believing in themselves, they start it, it, it gets it gets ugly. Like I don't mind a man getting confidence. No, I don't mind. I don't mind a man. I don't mind a man having confidence. But what you need to do is realize that if I wasn't walking with you, that bitch wouldn't even have noticed you. So, okay. Yeah. That's why I don't I don't give them I don't give them no play because they they always end up feeling themselves and I don't have time. <laughs> can't be ugly and have confidence. That's it. <laughs> you feel me? Like you gotta be ugly. You gotta stay in your place. <laughs> know your role. I like that. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Okay. Yo. All right. So so that's <laughs> so fucking funny. <laughs> that's real life. If that's the case, so you rather deal with a pretty dude. Who now? Cause now a pretty dude might have a lot more. Mm, I don't. I don't deal with pretty boys either, though. Oh, why? I get that. Yeah. Ah, I don't. I don't like that. Like, I don't know. Ah, uh, man. I might. I just be feeling like if you real pretty, I might as well be fucking with a dyke. Like, you look like a bitch. Like, I might as well fuck with Whitney, man. Like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not fucking a pretty ass man. Like, you might as well be a female. Like, I. I want a man who's handsome. Not pretty, like he's not in the mirror, you know, looking at his eyebrows and do all this extra shit. Like, like, what are you? What? What is, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> I know a bunch like, what, of what dudes to shape up their eyebrows. I grew up with Dominicans. I always want to shape up my eyebrows, but they, they listen. It's like, oh man. <laughs> like, I like I like a man. I like a man who is um he's he's into his like presentation is everything. I want a man who when we step out, he's not looking homeless and ashy and dirty. But I don't want a man who's too much into his looks. Like he, oh, I need to go get my a manicure. All my eyebrows need to be done. Like for all of that, I could be fucking with a bitch for all of that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like pretty. I don't like pretty boys. I don't like that. Damn. So you just like a dude right in the middle with in mm -hmm. his face in the middle with the confidence, everything, not too much. Now I like a man with confidence, but he has to have confidence before he got to me. I don't want to be the reason why you have confidence. Okay. Mm. Okay, that make that makes sense. But 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 you know what's interesting? I think women build a man. Like you build us up. I think. I oh, think of course. of a woman is like her ability to build the man that she's with. Oh well, not just that's not it. But you know what I mean. Like y'all also. No, for sure. Of course, of course, you have to build a man. But what I'm saying with the ugly guy is like he like like he'll be like, oh my god, I can't believe I got a, a girl that's pretty, and then like. Because and then he he gets greedy. Like oh, if I can get this one, I can get another one. I can get another one. Like. And the only reason why you're getting another one is because the bitch saw you with me. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I don't like, for a man to have confidence, that has to be, he had it before me so that when I come to him, we build it on each other. It's not like, 
But Eva, sometimes you mm -hmm. need to co-sign to get a house. You can't get it on your own. His credit is bad by himself. <laughs> oh my God. His credit in the streets was bad. <laughs> mm -mm. Help that man be great. <laughs> I got a point credit score too, so I don't know what we're gonna do. Uh, <laughs> but not, I, I, <laughs> I get it. I fuck with that. And I know a lot of people agree with that mentality. You know, uh, it gets difficult because I talk to a lot of dudes where it's hard for a man to not try to get women regardless because that's what we're trained to do. Do you feel like that's something that needs to be trained out of us within society? Yeah, like how to make y'all monogamous, man? Yeah. Huh? Based off what I heard, I also heard a level of, and I, I, it might have been a random thought, but I also heard a level of getting mad at females because they're fucking up what she has built. Right, but it's not even, I mean, hoes gonna be hoes. It's the, that, that's what I'm saying, like, the hoes man has hoes. to be, so, yeah, hoes gonna be hoes. They, they're gonna throw pussy at whoever regardless. But I need a man who's strong enough to curve that. Yeah, yeah. To dodge. How many men you know are that strong? <laughs> Shit, you know I don't Jesus. know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I wish I, I don't. I don't even know. That's a, that's the shit that be scaring me. That's what I be saying by myself. That's the reason why I be saying by myself. Cause I don't even know. No, nah, I'm not. Well, have you have you ever been the girl on the other end? Unknowingly, yes. What do you mean? Like, have I ever been the side chick? You mean? Yeah. Yeah, bye bye. I didn't know though. I didn't know. I don't know what that means. I've, I've dated guys that had girlfriends or baby mothers that they was with or wives, whole wives, and I didn't know that they were in these situations because. Either they took their ring off, and they, they, you know, they were from out of town. So like, we were always like, they would come to New York all the time or fly me out. There was one time where a man had a, an entire apartment. I had no, I was sleeping there and everything. I had no idea that he had a house with a child, with two children and a wife and a dog. <laughs> all of that. They had the American dream just down the block, and I had no idea. Because I was at his apartment all the time. And so when his wife called me, I'm like, I didn't see no trace of no wife and family at, the, at his house, at his place. So she found out about the apartment. I'm finding about her. It's, it was just nothing. So I mean, yeah. He lied to both of you about different things. Different things. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, I never seen no sign of you at his apartment. She's like, apartment? I'm like, yes, bitch, on the second floor. <laughs> oh my God. You didn't, like two you didn't know about 2H? You didn't know about 2H, bitch? <laughs> you didn't know about apartment 2H? You didn't know? And she she's sitting there telling you, you know he got three dogs, right? I ain't know this. <laughs> so I've been lied to. I've been lied to. But have I ever willingly been a, a participant yep. in cheating? No, absolutely the fuck not. Mm. I believe in karma. And I've, I've, I've had my heart broken by a guy cheating on me. So I would never want to be the cause of that pain for another woman. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And a lot of women don't care. They be like, oh, well, whatever. Whatever. I, I don't care about this bitch. I, I I want him. Like Women, they don't have no sisterhood. They don't care about one another. But I would never be the cause. I would never want to be the reason why a woman is crying at night. Yeah. 
If it's by accident, sis, I didn't know. My bad. Yeah. Well, now, what if, what, if, what if the dude that you're dealing with, you genuinely, you think he's that guy? You still but he can't be that guy if he's hiding a whole nother life. Yeah. Or if he has a whole nother situation. That's interesting. That's very, very he can't be that guy. He can't. Because the man who the man who I'm trying to spend yeah, the man who I'm trying to have kids for and live the rest of my life with, he he wouldn't be able to lie like that. Now when it when mm -hmm. it comes to when it comes to that dream, is that something uh that you aspire, you know, like as, as artists or as entertainers, a lot of us put the family goal aside because we're like, all right, I gotta get the bag before I do anything. Is that your mindset? Right. You feel like you can do it while building. Uh, I mean, my thing is like, I don't have, I'm, I'm going to be turning 30 in May of next year. Right. So I don't have that many, that, that much time. I mean, I have time, but not as much time as like you or Chris, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause men have a lot of, y'all like, can have your first kid at 40 and everything be Gucci. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to, so I'm trying to line certain shit up. Yes. But at a certain age, like if I'm 32, and I have my shit's not together yet, and I I'm getting pregnant regardless. Man. I don't give a fuck what's going on. I don't give a fuck what the fuck is going on. I could be a millionaire, or I could be on food stamps still. I'm getting pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I could be in a relationship, or I could it could be the nearest nigga. I'm getting pregnant. I don't care. <laughs> Yo, I want you to tell the people your birthday <laughs> so some dude could just wait it out. <laughs> <laughs> May 15th, baby, Taurus gang. <laughs> Everybody, May 15th in what, three, in two years? No, three years. Three, three, three. Three years, May 15th, just hit up Eva Evans yeah. just to see what's happening. <laughs> Why would you For do real? that? Why? <laughs> because I, I want her to be great. So. <laughs> But I'm gonna I'm figure it out because my thing is my mother had three jobs when she was raising me. You know, I'm saying black woman, we always figure it the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We always figure it the fuck out. So whether I have money or not, I'm gonna figure it out. But I know for a fact at a certain age, I just need to breathe. Mm. Tell, tell us about because we, we never really spoke yeah. on it. What is you and your mother's dynamic? Because she, she apparently she raised you. So what is y'all dynamic? Mm -hmm. That's my best friend. Oh. That's my best friend. Wow. And just like best friends, like we argue. I'm like, okay, mommy, you you annoying me now. Bye. Like I'll like I'll like like yeah, she annoys me, but that's like that's we have a friendship. Yeah. I, like this, I don't I tell my mother everything. I tell my mother everything. Like just like that's my homie. That's my homie, that's my right hand man. He's everything to me, man. That's good. I think uh, you've been a fourth person that we've interviewed so far that like has like a really good family relationship, like between you and your mom. And no, your family. Sister. I don't know about family. My mama. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you and your mom and uh, your yeah, stepdad. yeah, yeah. Like you seem yeah, like you yeah. have like a good uh, group of people yeah. to raise you. That's nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's that, uh, sure. and, and it interests me because that's so funny. Family, not the whole family, just like nah, nah. There's a lot of niggas I'm banging with in that family tree. It's uh, <laughs> so so you you would say your mom is kind of your role model. What were like mm -hmm. some moments? Because it sounds like your mom really encourages you and stuff like that. Like I remember, so like me and my dad are really close. Even though me and my mom are really close, I was raised by my dad, so I yeah. had that father figure, that male figure, pretty much my whole life, and I had a woman figure as well. 
you had your mom, did she play both roles? And what, like, what were the things that you always remember that you want to take into your like family structure that your mom gave you? Yeah, my mother definitely played both roles, man. Like, um, I mean, like, well, all the time, like, I, I remember, like, there was, like, um, so I didn't have no brothers. I didn't have no father. So it's, like, when uh, some, sometimes guys will see that as an opportunity, like, because you're vulnerable. There's no one to protect you. So, like, I would have, like, you know, guys be mean to me or whatever, whatever. And my mother would pull up on them and be like, yo, I wanna, I'm going to fight your mother. Where's your mother at? <laughs> like I'm gonna I'm fighting your mother. Like call your mother. I'm fighting her. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's like because I didn't we didn't have a man to call on. So she handled the situation the way she knew how. Oh so your mom would just fight the the mother of the girl or boy that you did. Or the girl or boy. <laughs> How many times did she win the fight? All the time. <laughs> my mother is Mayweather out this motherfucker. My mother is Mayweather. I'm defeated, nigga. <laughs> just blocking it, chin. That's dope. Bobbing and weaving, just. <laughs> 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 oh shit! So you had, you had a tough mom, but the, you know, I don't know. Like I would assume that. Straight out of Kingston. So super tough, but also super loving. So it was the super uh, loving. Did y'all ever do y'all communicate in a way where she discussed with you some of her hardships that she faced being a, a single mom? Yeah, you know, like she um, you know, she couldn't provide for me that with the way that she would want to. Like, you know, like I didn't have like I, my first pair of Jordans. I bought myself when I was in college. You know what I'm saying? Like in school, the kids used to make fun of me because I wore a lot of hand-me-downs for my sister. And we, my, my sneakers were like Keds or Skechers. Like I couldn't, my, like my, I was asking my mother for Jordans and she'd be like, what? Like, I can't afford that. So she, you know, she kind of wished that, like we would talk and she was like, you know, I kind of wish I could give you the things that you would ask for. But it's all right. All those kids that wore Jordans and they, they were so cool and they had all the cool clothes, like they're fucking bums now and they in my DMs. So. Uh, flex, flex on them. You feel me? So, yeah, like. That, 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 that's, that's fair. A lot of us, you know, who grew up uh, financially not as secure, we do have that turning point where something happens in our life and we say, all right. Fuck that! I don't even need those materials. You know what I mean? Because I have right. whether it be personality, yeah. uh, beauty, whatever you find strength in, you have that. Right. Use that to your advantage. Like another story, like you know, like um, we had like culture day at school, and my mother made some some curry chicken or whatever, and um, you know, curry you can't let sit out because it'll spoil. And I remember my mom like, cooked the curry chicken in a big tray for me to bring to school, and you know, our lights got cut off. So like the, yeah, you know, you know, you need electricity for the fridge to work. <laughs> so my mother took the tray and she took it to her job and she used her ID badge to get into the job and put it in the fridge, the job fridge, so that I would have it to go to school the next day. And like just stuff like that, you know? That's yeah. dope. Yeah. Oh, that's sensitive. Yeah. That's so goddamn beautiful. Yeah. May I ask that what is your, your full goal? Huh? Like, what is your goal? Like, uh, because obviously you do stand up, but I also know you've uh, been in a lot of uh, projects too. Like, what is your yeah. ultimate goal? What do you, uh, 
where, where, where can you I, land? Like, this is it. I would love to provide for my family, like my the ones that I really fuck with, like my mom, my sister, those people. Like, I want to be able to provide for them off just comedy. Like right now, you know, I have like three, four jobs because I can't survive off just comedy just yet. But I want it to be like I'm comfortable off just comedy. Now, if, if, I, if I become like a household name, that's cool and everything. But I want to be able to have two cars, a couple cribs, pay for my mother's mortgage, help my, my nephew out with his college education, raise my, my family off of just comedy, off of just entertainment. Like, I don't want to have more than one job. That's dope. You know, people want to be famous. I want to be comfortable. There's a lot of people who are famous who are broke. Yeah. They don't got it like that. You got a roommate. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, the fame, the fame is cute. I'll take the fame, but I really want that bread. <laughs> <laughs> it, and I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you. That make that makes sense because I think dudes only want to be famous to get a fraction of what it's like to be a pretty girl. I think that's really. <laughs> You know what I mean? Right. Like, what's what's the other reason for a dude to get famous? Nothing. Nothing. He just wants pussy and throwing at him from every corner of the world. Dudes want to get famous because they want girls to throw pussy the way dudes throw dick to girls, like in abundance. (laughs) And listen, bitches throw pussy at me too. Let's not get it twisted. (laughs) (laughs) They show enough, dude. I just don't be catching. Even so we found out you are attractive. If you didn't know before this podcast, you know now. You're an attractive human being. Oh, I look crazy. I don't even got no makeup on. Oh shit. Where y'all go? Oh. <laughs> I, don't got, I don't got I don't got no makeup on. I look I got look look over here. My hair sticking out right here. I look crazy. And I was gonna put my face on, but I was just I'm just doing like I'm just setting up my room like Yo, you. I'm over here trying to put this bed frame together. <laughs> You're moving like such an immigrant. While you're doing a Zoom call, working, talking about the business, you're putting the bed frame together, plugging in the AC. Like, That's a fact. Nice doing that. It's like you the new face of like the woman's empowerment movement. Which right, that, that's it, right? Yeah. Rosie the Riveter, yeah. Right. That's a fact. <laughs> oh my well, I have a lot of shit coming up. Like, I, you know, I just got my LLC. I have Eva Evans Comedy LLC, finally. Yeah. I um thank you. I got my logo from Mascara Splits. You know, Mascara Splits is my brand as a monthly show as well. Alex is headlining on July 24th, a Friday hey. at the Brooklyn House of Comedy. Tickets available at EvaEvansComedy.com. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then, you know, I'm I'm working with this you know merchant company to get I'm getting some um I'm getting hoodies, scullies, I'm getting panties, I'm getting all types of shit. Mascara splits on it. Doing all of that. You are one of the hardest working people in comedy. And if you Thank you, the rest of us are gonna be broke as shit. Because you have no <laughs> I'ma make it, baby. <laughs> all right, so we we've been doing this for about an hour. Chris, you got anything else you want to add real quick before we kind of come bring come to close? And this is uh, I guess I'm adding on to the attractiveness. I think obviously you're gorgeous. Now it's Thank you. No matter what you're wearing, I think you're gorgeous. Shut up. <laughs> Let me finish, please. <laughs> I just look at him over here. Fuck you. Okay. But I, I think also with the, I think you you have a confidence that also uh, is it exudes out of you. And I think that plays into how people are treating you, how you are. And I think that's also going into your attractiveness. I, 
I mean, obviously you can look and go, oh, service level, pretty. But I think it's more than just that. Even though you're doing stuff right now, it's just, yeah, that's, I think, what most men are attracted to. People who are like, oh, no, I can do my own stuff. You do your stuff and I've got this. Someone that you not have to worry about, but you can take care of. Someone that yeah. uh, decides to go, I choose to care about you, not that I have to care about you. And I think that's what you're pulling off. You're amazing. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you about to get this nigga bless you. You see it? You see it? <laughs> Mind your business. <laughs> Yo, Chris sitting there. Oh my God. Thank me again. Shut <laughs> uh, <laughs> up. Because you got to, Chris, are you in New York? Make sure you come see Alex headline. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's the plan. The plan is I was going to go see Alex. Yeah. No, the plan is to see <laughs> I'm sorry. I realized I'm childish and like fucking up dynamics. So I'm sorry. That's on me. That's on me. <laughs> Y'all should talk. Y'all good people. Everybody. <laughs> I hate you, Alex. Uh, I know. I know. It's okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. To this day. Because uh, even, <laughs> even, even to this day. Even one of the people that I, I, I talked to, I was talking to uh, a female friend of mine. Actually, me and my lady had a discussion. Eve is one of those very few women in my life who I genuinely consider a friend just because of, like your personality is so strong it's like everything else don't really you know what i mean it's weird it don't everything else doesn't really matter because you like chris just said you very much so who you are it 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 take it subtracts all that other bullshit thank you alex no, i love you yeah. Hey, I did that just to piss off Chris. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you asshole why <laughs> how do you like this <laughs> So, uh, Eva, can you tell can you tell the people where they could find you? Yes, on Instagram at Eva Evans Comedy, E V A E V A N S Comedy. Um, yeah, I mean, once you find me on the gram, that's that's. I don't really use Twitter like that. Visit my website, EvaEvansComedy.com, for the tickets for Miss Gamerslit's comedy show with Alex Headlining. And um, yeah, that's it. Wait, now I have a new question now. I'm sorry. Why, mm -hmm. why do you just deal with uh, IG? Is there something about like Twitter, Twitch, TikTok? It's just too much. First of all, TikTok, I don't understand how the fuck to use that. I feel old as hell I'm on TikTok. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I made one TikTok and I, and it, I have to take a nap after that shit because it used all my brain power. <laughs> that shit used all my, my brain power, all my energy trying to figure that shit out. TikTok is too young. It's too young for me. It's too young. Um, Twitter, like Twitter's cute. I, I'll tweet here and there, but Instagram, I feel like it's everything in one. I could do. A, I could go on live. I could do a story. I could do a post. IGTV. Like I don't really need so many other um, platforms. And then Facebook to me is just like it's a little too mixy. Like, cause then you got you got you got your mama, your mother's church sisters on there. You got your aunties, the, the niggas from high school. It's like I don't, I don't want y'all in my face. Like Instagram, I, I don't know. I just like Instagram changes lives from what I could see. You know what I'm yeah. saying? If you get popular on Instagram, you you, you lit. I, although videos go viral on Facebook as well, but I don't know. I just feel like Instagram is more of a tool that I can understand, yeah. and it's more appropriate for my personality. So I feel like Facebook is a little too okay. family oriented for me. Post a couple videos, dance, dance. Nah, that's wrong. Don't dance. That's not you. On TikTok, I don't know how to use that shit. That shit's annoying. Go on TikTok and just drink Henny. That's your whole. That's your whole model. I promise. <laughs> right. You know, I love me for Henny. I show enough do. Oh shit! Once again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I think we're gonna close this out by saying 
This episode is sponsored by Hennessy. Oh. <laughs> and even if it isn't now, it will be. <laughs> Hennessy and edge control. <laughs> oh, shit. So, look, Eva, I would personally just like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for thank giving you. us your time from your day. Of course. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that has been the Family Business Podcast. Thank you so much for joining, tuning in, listening. Please keep listening, keep watching. Go follow fucking Eva Evans, Chris Hamilton. You're absolutely amazing. My favorite people. You're really family to me. I love y'all. Please. Oh, <laughs> Welcome to the Family Business Podcast. My name is Alex Babbitt. I'm here joined with my special guests, Chris Hamilton, and also the first person, my pops. Should I say your whole name? Please do. All right, Please there do. you go. Well, let's go. My father, dearest, Herbert Sansrick Edward Babbitt. Uh, hello, sir. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for coming to my home. All right, why, why you got the old black painting from the Jeffersons up there? What's that? What's happening, dude? You have no, you have. No. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's, dude. This is an original that 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 my lady bought me. He signed it, dude. Oh. That picture is that picture is no joke. That picture costs an arm, a leg, and a foot. She oh. got that for me for Christmas because I always wanted that picture from the Marvin Gaye album. So last Chris, uh, two Christmases ago, she actually got the artist, and that's the painting, and he has the signature at the bottom. The ones without the signature ain't much, but the ones with the signature got a bunch of zeros in it. I love my one. You like real black, man. Like you got you got sponsored. You sponsored black now. That's nice. Oh yeah, let me let me show you around the place. Well, we got wait, a lot. Wait, pops, this ain't crib. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we got some African You signed it. Wait, his books. Pops, pops, you also didn't say who signed it. Anybody could have signed that shit. <laughs> You're an idiot. Ernie Barnes signed it. That's the guy who did those pictures. Okay, I'm gonna Google that. I feel like you fucking lying, but I'm gonna Google oh, that. Dude, go, go, you can Google it all you want. He did all those pictures for good times and things like that. And ever since I was a kid, when I saw the Marvin Gaye album, I loved that picture because that's black people being black people. We're at the chicken shack, we worked all week and we danced. And yeah. that picture's always meant something to me. So my woman got that for me, dude. And I know what it costs. It costs way more than I deserve, but she got it for me. So I should get it for you. What are you paying her in return? Uh, well, besides uh, selling crack on the weekends, okay, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I kick in and help her out now and then. You know, she lets me sleep in the house sometimes, so that's always nice. So, you know, all in all, things is good. Okay, I fucking love you, man. So let me like. Uh, uh, so you don't know, but Chris Hamilton, he's a comedian friend of mine, like a brother to me. So I've wanted to like get him on this podcast. I know he's always been a fan of black fathers. That's something that's always been important. Word. Especially you, Herbert. Especially Thank you. you. <laughs> and it's Mr. Babbitt, buddy. Hey, none of that. Okay, sorry, Mr. Babbitt. Sorry, sir. Boy, these kids are very familiar, aren't you? <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> 
It's right there. Okay. I love this guy. I love him. Amazing. Then send me money, then. Good job, man. Good job, man. Yo. So, Alex, this is your podcast, huh? Yes, this is my podcast. I. I wanted to be around, you know, the idea of, of coming together as a family. You know how, like, as black people, we always say, hey, what's up, family? How you doing? And then you, you talk shop, you know what I mean? You chalk your shit. Or just talk about what's on your mind. And that that's kind of all I wanted to do with this. So having you as, like, the first guest fucking works out, you know what I mean? Especially because, Chris, you always seem like you got black father questions. So, like, this is yeah. good. My pops is Because I don't have a black father, so there's a lot of questions. <laughs> You don't have a black father? How'd you I, get here then? I don't understand. <laughs> I'm very confused. Somebody got Wait, it, Jamal. The I'm same way Jesus that. did. Oh, that white lie of immaculate conception. Oh, so you were born in a barn then? Oh, okay. I understand. It's so, more the Joseph story, you know what I mean? <laughs> he left. Well, my lady's a therapist. If you need some help, you just let me know. I got you, okay? It's about yeah. 125 an hour, but, you know, we'll give you a discount because you're black. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be tough saying your name. Is it right if I call you father for short? Uh, No, you call me Mr. <laughs> Everyone else? How dare you? I just met you. You don't know me like that. <laughs> You're so attached to me. <laughs> you you know people look at Kevin Hart and they go, "Oh my God, Kevin Hart!" I look at you like, "Oh my God, this is amazing, Black Dad." Go ahead. <laughs> Any question you've got, you can ask me. Now I'm going to tell you something as a prerequisite to this. Don't yeah. ask me a question you don't want the answer to. I tell that to everybody because Alex yeah. will tell you if you ask me a question, I'm going to give you the answer. You might not like the answer. But I'm going to give it to you because I can't lie unless I have to when there's money involved. Other than that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you lie all the time. Like, that's that's my dad's biggest lie is that he can't lie. That's his fucking genius. <laughs> he, he lies all the time. Like, I, he grew up lying to me. What the fuck? I've heard you say the word. Wait, what? I've heard you say the word. Okay. Oh, well, uh, it, it, that's a very fair trade. Chris just said he heard me say those exact kind of words before. The uh, <laughs> got it from. <laughs> yeah. It's very much so. I'm just like my pops. So come on, Chris. What is it? Get get all your black dad energy up. Okay, black dad energy. Okay, like uh, where where are you from? I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I grew up in Tompkins Projects but I had aspirations to go other places. So when I was younger, I used to just go down to 42nd Street. There used to be a big pole in the middle of 42nd Street that told you every place it went. They used so to when I had time off, I would point to the pole and wherever I wound up, that's where I would get on a bus and go. Wyoming, Minnesota. I've been all over the country just to go and eat and then come back just for the hell of it. Yeah, what did you see in uh, Wyoming? Did you see anything like oh, crazy? Man. Let me, here's, here's the funny thing. The funniest thing is I always heard that Salt Lake City, Utah was very religious and everybody was nice because it was a religious place. And I heard Wyoming was filled with a bunch of cracker cowboys. Turns out that wasn't necessarily true. I went to Wyoming and the people could not have been nicer. And it wasn't that phony nice of, ooh, let's be nice to the Negro thing. It was yeah. genuine. Nice. I went to Salt Lake City and I remember I got off the bus and the bus driver who was black said, don't get off this bus. 
And I said, dude, I'm hungry. He said, don't get off this bus. I'm like, come on, this is the most religious place I've ever heard of. He's like, don't get off this bus. Well, I got off the bus. I walked into a bar. And you know how in the movies when the bad guy walks in a bar and everything stops? Yeah. Well, that's what exactly what happened. And, and the first thing the bartender said was, boy, what you want? And I said, okay, I guess I don't belong here. And as I left, all I heard was the N-word. I heard the N-word more in the 20 minutes it took to walk the bus than I ever heard in my life. So you can't judge a book by its cover. You know, there's a lot of places they say are really racist and crazy, and that's because of where they're located, but not always the people. So that's why I've always taught Alex, go places. You don't, don't listen to the media tell you that everybody down south is a cracker in the Klan, because that shit's not true. That's so very you had you had walked in the bar uh, like it feels like a fucking you know them, them dust barrels from them cowboy movies walk by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The bartender said, "Nigga, let me grow, nigga." Like how much? Like <laughs> wait, I, I heard a guy went past the truck and he was like, "Nigga, go home." And I was like, wow. <laughs> wait, so, wait. you know. He started the story by saying, don't judge a book by a cover and judge the book completely, right? Well, you know, I'm not perfect. I thought the story was going to end with like you getting a sandwich or something like that. It just it ended with someone calling you something. You no, know, the, the weird part of it was the only place open was this place that used to be called Sambo's, but it's out of business. Yeah. And Sambo was from Little Black Sambo, which was a, a slightly derogatory book. They had a chain of restaurants called Sambo, and they had a black guy with a big smile on it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Those ain't around no more. And it had big, giant teeth. So when you walk through the door, you were walking through this big caricature of a black guy with big, giant teeth and pop eyes. Jesus Yeah, Christ. they just stopped hating us recently. Don't, don't get it twisted. God damn. You <laughs> yeah. went into a fucking racist circus? What? Like... Yeah. <laughs> That's what it did. That's what it was like. It was crazy. It's insane. <laughs> but it's but it still never made me stop wanting to see other places and travel to other places because look, everybody's not the same. You know, you gotta judge it for what it is. You know, some people are really effed up. Look, one of my best friends when I lived in Staten Island was a, a Confederate flag on his truck racist. But me and him came to an understanding. I told him that most white people I wasn't too crazy about, and he said he couldn't stand black people. But we decided to make that work and decide. And it turns out, I found out later that he grew up in an all-black school because his parents were really poor, and they lived in a black neighborhood. So the brothers beat the crap out of him every day. So his racism wasn't based on our color. His racism was based on he got beat up a lot. Yeah. Oh. So after he got older, me and him became friends. He realized that we're just as hard working and all of us don't want to beat him up. So to his dying day, we became really good friends. So you so never know. Of this story is if, if you really want to solve racism, y'all got to drink your problems away. Because I know that's what really brought y'all together. <laughs> Basically, yeah. We spent a lot of time in the bar. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> You can't be racist over a cool beer like that. <laughs> that should be Heineken slogan. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, what made you want to uh, travel? Like, uh, 
Was it something inside where that was just saying, I need to go somewhere else. I need to see what else is out there. What made you well, want to see different things? I think my biggest thing was I had a teacher named Mr. Fox and Mr. Fox was a very, he was a very open man. He, he, was, a, he was a white guy in my, in my private school who believed that he used to tell us that we were kings in Africa. He really was like Black Lives Matter back in the 70s before it counted. And he yeah. told us that in order for us to get back to the greatness that we once were, we must find out about our enemy. This is what he told me. And he said, regardless of who your enemy is, you have to find out what their weaknesses are. He's the one that gave me Sun Tzu's Art of War. And I think I was 11. Was so, he trying to cause a war? No, he was trying to let us know, because most of the kids in the school, a lot of the kids were black. He was trying to let us know, don't listen to the media. Don't listen to the newspaper. Yes, yes. Find out for yourself. And truth be told, he is still alive. About five years ago, we all got together to celebrate him retiring at almost 50 years of teaching. And he was still the same way. He knew about black history, Spanish history. He wanted his kids to know the greatness that they all brought to the table, not just the stuff white folks was telling us. So Mr. Fox gave me the, gave me the nerve and the belief that I was important as anybody else, that I could go any place. And he used to tell us all the things our people did from Hannibal on. So black, black pride, that's fucking awesome. Oh, completely, dude, completely. And that's what it was. When we did, we didn't do black history, we did everybody's history. And that's what made Mr. Fox a great teacher. He believed that all of us were kings and queens. He told the Puerto Ricans about what they did, the Dominicans about what they did, Blacks, Jamaicans, whatever your history was, Mr. Fox told you the greatness of it. So wow. I've always tried to pass that on. That was very important. You, wait, you didn't pass none of that shit to me. I ain't know what the what. <laughs> I, learned, <laughs> I learned my shit from Hidden Colors and then uh, the Boondocks episodes. Like, <laughs> And you know, we thought you was a little slow at first, so we tried to ease the education to you. <laughs> you know, your spelling still is a little well, you know. I don't want to put you on blast, boy, but boy, your spelling terrible. My spelling, <laughs> we all know it is. <laughs> seen it. We all seen it. Nobody's supposed to spell the T H Y. You know. My spelling is really good if you understand that all words are made up. That's called dyslexia. <laughs> Not the same thing, Alex. Tell us that. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make up your own language. You got some nerve. <laughs> at, at what point did you uh, realize that Alex had a lot of your traits? Or does Alex have a lot of your traits? Uh, oh, I can tell you. Uh, when Alex was a baby, he liked to put things inside of the VCR. And yeah. one day, I, and one day, I caught him putting one of his toys inside the VCR. And I asked him what he was doing, and he looked me straight in the face at about four and said nothing. <laughs> he kept staring at me, and I was like, "Wow, he's gonna grow up like me because he's got that <laughs> thing down." Didn't even blink. He just said nothing, and I watched him do it, and he said nothing. How did you say nothing? I just watched you do it. So I realized that I passed on the genes to him. Sorry, boy. 
I tried. Oh, I'm lying? That's my genetic. That's what you passed down. That's that's what the Lord gave me. Look, <laughs> let's let's be completely honest. Okay, we're being honest here. Yeah. Alex, Align the camera. So I can see your face. There you go. Alex, you, go. you can't do anything else but what you do. You've always entertained people. You've always made jokes. This is going to be your life. And we always knew this. You know, we didn't always like it. You know, we'd like you to have something that was a little more stable. But the truth is, you got to be what you are. And that's what we passed on to you. Look, everybody in the family is a little nuts. We all got our little quirks, especially Auntie Ollie. We all got our little quirks. <laughs> but the truth is, you got the best of all of them. You got the nerve, you got the smarts, and you got the straight up balls to do whatever you need to do to get stuff done. Come on, you were on HBO. We watched you over here with all my friends, and that was something you said was gonna happen. And just like me, when I tell you something's gonna happen, I'm gonna do it. I don't care who I gotta rob, steal, whatever. I'm <laughs> gonna eat every day and stuff gotta get done. Why did I never get a PlayStation if you had this <laughs> ambition? Because you know why? Because a PlayStation wasn't really important to you. It wasn't. You would have got a PlayStation just because your friends got it. But you're not into video games. Not really. You was into Pokemon. That was it. So you got to, you know, what do you want? I gave you what you needed to have. You had a cell phone when nobody else did. What was that chill thing? Out, that chill out. Uh, this is not the time to flex right now. <laughs> but you know, you ate, in spite of what you said. <laughs> So, 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 Chris, is this what you thought the experience of having a black dad was? Yo, this is just a Cosby show. Like, this is perfect. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a information and like wisecrack, and then your information and it's wisecrack. And I, it's, it's one of those things that someone who doesn't have a father envisions. So when I hear you talk to your dad, I'm like, that, that makes sense. I get it. Like, even if it don't make sense, I'm like, that still makes sense. Like, so I'm still impressed by all the information I'm gaining. And I'm but look, sure. look, we don't know. We don't know everything. Look, when I first got Alex and Alex was living with me, I went to my mother and I said, what the hell am I going to do with this kid? I don't know how to raise no kid, really. And she said two things. She said, all you can do is love him and give him the best information that you've got and everything else will be all right. And that's what I did. I mean, it was no great secret to Alex being Alex, and there's no great secret to being a parent. It's a sucky job, truthfully. It doesn't <laughs> pay. Your kids don't appreciate it. It costs way too damn much money. And it's just one of those things. But the truth is, if you love them and give them the best information, they're going to be all right. Because a lot of times when Alex is talking to me on the phone, people are like, who's saying they love you? I said, my son. A lot of parents don't tell that to their kids because they don't know how to make that emotional connection. Me and yeah. Alex always had that, good, bad, or indifferent. I don't like all the stuff he does. Don't get it wrong. Some things he says, I'm like, Jesus Christ, why did he say that? But I respect who he is to say what he needs to say because this is his life. Look, me and Ronisha don't get along, his woman. But I love <laughs> But I love Ronisha because Ronisha loves my son and she takes care of him. So it's not my job to, to feel any way about her. My job is to be supportive of them. That's it. I did my thing. Now it's on her. Why is such a good person? Yeah, she's great. But you know Ronisha says stuff about me behind my back. <laughs> <laughs> she's probably saying it now. 
<laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> I said stuff behind my parents' back too. I ain't mad. It's all good. <laughs> so we got we got about five more minutes left before this Zoom call cuts us off, and we'll figure out as we progress. But I fucking really enjoy it. No, we got seven. So let's keep this going. We got seven more minutes. I just wanted to let y'all know that. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I I assume you had to change gears once you had uh, your son then, right? Like yes, you really had him, you took him, you took care of him. And then just like you were saying, you had to give him uh, love and support. Uh, do you think that there are a lot of, uh, I don't even want to say black fathers, just fathers in general, that when thrust upon the responsibility that they don't want to Well, I don't think it's, a, it, it's not so much they don't want to take the ownership is it's terrifying. There was a circle of friends yeah. when I was uh, back in Brooklyn that all were old now and they have no relationship with their kids or their grandchildren. It takes a lot of nerve to, to almost raise a kid by yourself. You got to know exactly what it is you're going to do from moment to moment. And you basically are giving up your life. And a lot of people back in the 80s didn't want to give up their life for their kid. They wanted to party. There was drugs. There was all types of stuff. Yeah. It takes a lot, you know, Alex went to private school for a while. I literally had no money. A lot of times I had to walk to work because Alex would wait till the last minute and go, I need $10 for a trip tomorrow. Wait, that was my last $10. Up. I'm not going to fucking you with you bullshit. Yes, <laughs> yes, you did fucking work. I'll give you that. I never saw you without a job. But you still partied. You were drunk <laughs> at the time. Don't try to say well, that miracle dad well, see, bullshit. It's bullshit. But no. But that's his secret. Before I had you, I had a small enterprise which allowed me to put a few dollars on the side. I won't oh, say what that enterprise what you sell, No. <laughs> what he do? What he do? I sold weed. Okay. I sold, yeah. When, when I met Danny's mother, that's what I was doing. I stopped doing it when Danielle was born. Because, you know, you feel a way when you have a little kid telling you, hello, daddy, and you do that. But I had a little stash stashed away, and that's how I was able to get mine. So, it so is what, it what is. does that have to do with all the drinking growing up? Well, Alex, the drinking growing up had to do with the fact that I like to drink. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of a stupid question. You know what? <laughs> And so do I, baby. It's so fun. Hey. Yeah, but you're, you're terrible at it, Alex. You're really bad at drinking. Ooh, he gets drunk and calls me at two in the morning, messing with white women. It's no, nah, no, nah, you're terrible. I don't even know the <laughs> white people. <laughs> you can't say now, that. <laughs> but it's stress, too. It was a lot of stress. Come on, raising a kid is tough. It really is. So yeah, I did drink a lot. And that's why now I'm in a different place. I don't drink anymore. And you know, listen, there's no magic bullet to this shit. It's hard, but the secret to it is to just keep doing it. You're gonna make some mistakes, you're gonna fuck up. I made some mistakes with Alex, but I never stopped. And that's what I tell everybody, you keep going regardless, because that kid depends on you. Yeah, they're gonna talk about you, and yeah, some shit ain't gonna make sense. And yeah, you're gonna go, damn, that was stupid. But that's okay, you keep going. Because one day, your son will make you proud. You'll sit in the living room, you'll turn on cable, and then your son will be. Because you had faith that he would do it. And that's all I needed. After that, I didn't have to do anything else with him because he was grown. And I'm on my son's podcast. So I must have done something right, because he's not in jail, you know? 
He's not yeah. on meth. You're not on meth, are you? You're good? No Even meth? If I am right. meth. Leave me alone, man. It make me feel good. <laughs> there you go. That's how I feel about marijuana. <laughs> so it's legal in this state. <laughs> but listen, as we're wrapping up, the truth is you do your best as a parent, and that's what you do. Alex knows I love him, and I'll do anything in the world for him regardless, and, and that was my job. My job was to make sure that he was okay, and I believed in his dream. Because most parents would never let their kids go do stand-up at 14 in the middle of the friggin' night. They would have been like, hell no. But yeah. I figure if he was anything like me, he'd figure it out. And look, he did. So... Yay. I'm proud of you, boy. Sorry, that was wrong. That was wrong. I hate that you wrong. for that. You was doing a whole speech thing. I shouldn't have fucked it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what, what else you got, Chris? We got anything else? We got three minutes left. Okay, I just, I, uh, I, I definitely want to say this. Um, I don't know you personally, but I've seen how Babbitt reacts with you and how he interacts with you. And you might not know this, but you know when you go to high school and there'd be some people that have fathers and some people who don't have fathers? We call them yeah. the nuts. Uh, so I, I would always find it very uh, inspiring when you saw a kid be brought to school by their father, you know, because yeah. it was uh, some, there's something there that's more important that some people don't usually get to recognize. And I don't even think you might notice how much you're affecting not only Babbitt, but you're also affecting me and other people who also go, Babbitt, you're really cool with your dad. And he's like, yeah, we don't get to see that so often. So when we do, it's foreign, but it's beautiful. And whatever you guys do talk about, that's why I always talk to Batman about it. I'm like, yo, how, how's he doing? Is he good? Because I just <laughs> genuinely, I genuinely love the energy that he's able to have this relationship with you. So uh, whether you know it or not, I, I, it obviously sounds like it's a hard job, but it it's paying off not only in his profession, it's also paying off in his personality. He's a likable individual. Well, he's I'm glad. It's not easy, but I knew someday, and I got that from my mother. My mother said, don't worry, one day all this shit will work out. About 20 years, but it'll all work out. Well, look, yeah. fuck it, man. We tried our hardest. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I didn't want dude, you to do another speech because I knew the camera was going to shut off, and it would have been embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a good son. He cares, yo. Hey, I'm just saying, I know my dad's Martin Luther King. This thing got a speech for everything. That's about of You know what? The Lord guided me to the socks that I chose. <laughs> or those were the only clean ones I had, one or the other. So <laughs> oh, shit. This so, is crazy, man. I really enjoyed this. It's saying I got under a minute left, so I don't want to get into nothing crazy. But Pops, man, I enjoyed having you. We would love to have you back again. Chris, if you get any questions, we'll fucking do it again. But I love you, man. And Chris, you got any final words for my Pops? Uh, man, you're just amazing. I don't want time to run out. Uh, you're awesome. I appreciate you. And I'm not sure if Alex tells you that, but I do. And I think a lot of people feel the same way I feel. Well, I'm always here for you. Alex, give him the number I give to people I don't want to talk to, and you call me anytime, okay? It's all right. <laughs> gotcha. I'm about to give you my dad's burner phone. <laughs> Why you have a burner phone? Because I'm dead now. Oh, my God, that's amazing. He's so cool. <laughs> all right, yo, thank y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the 